There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Is Galvan pooping? What are we doing? Oh, he walked out with Brittany. He is elsewhere. Oh, God, he's talking to Brittany. They'll never shut up. No, no, that's just how that's going to go. Anyway, welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman and Andy Rappernard. And very good. It's, you know, I got I got to figure wow, out how Galfand, to do this. I didn't. It sounds what? like he was in the room with us. Yeah. And Galfand. Oh, you know he did. I didn't hear it. Oh, so I, yeah, I just said and Gal fan. <laughs> oh, you uh, said and Gal yeah. fan. Okay, that, that, that makes it. I was confused for a second because um, I was like, I thought he was gone, but I heard his voice so clearly. Well, he's usually on this show, but well, he'll come back. I'm sure he's probably just getting coffee or something. How do you guys think I can convince people this is not a radio show? Because the one thing I've noticed, because I started listening to more radio since we started doing this, people talk over each other constantly on the radio. But this is not a radio show. But people, Can I, the audience doesn't mind. That's the thing. They don't mind if we talk over one another? Nope. How do you nope. ever get a conversation going when complete well, a conversation? Well, what they like is the dinner table atmosphere. And at dinner tables, all people right. talk over each other all the time. It's just like you can't make why. it like, you know, constant over talking like they do on, for example, the uh, news channels where you'll have people just yelling over each other trying to get their point out. Yeah, but it's like yeah. if everyone's kind of you know just like excited to talk and they want to put their piece in and everyone can kind of you know filter it, then that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure some people like it, but I think it does. It, I agree with you, Tom. It does get to a point where it can be overbearing because you can't. Well, yeah, nobody gets finishes a thought or anything like that, and it can definitely become annoying. Yeah, we shouldn't make it like the primary focus of the show is talking over each other, but you know, people don't really care as long as it happens just every so All often. All right. Well, I just was, I'm concerned for the listeners. I don't give a rat's ass how it goes as long as the listeners like it. That's fine. Um, but it just, I've noticed on radio, people talk very loud now on the radio yeah. and they talk over each other constantly. I mean, I'm sitting in a microphone and go, so how are you guys doing today? Everything going well. It's like, why are you talking so loud? I get mm -hmm. excited. <laughs> get excited it's, about seeing know. Tevin and yeah. Gelfand? Is that it? For Pretty me, much. it's uh, it's the Sansevier effect. Oh, Sandy, Sandy can't quiet down. <laughs> I, yeah. I do, you know, I do like a half hour a week with him, and and then after that, for two days, I'm walking around, you know, just saying, "Hey, uh, where where did you put the?" You know, it's like <laughs> I I'm totally locked into the Sansevier method. Yeah, well, he is a New Jersey Italian. Don't forget that. Yeah. Well, and he's a wonderful guy, but he does no, he shout. <laughs> yeah, and Tom he doesn't. Well, I'm glad I asked you guys about that because if people don't mind, then I don't. As long as the people don't care, I don't care. Yeah. But I just sound, it sounds really clunky to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and I'm one of the offenders. I have obviously of so. everything. Yeah, I yeah. would say when in doubt, don't talk over other people. Yeah, but, but yeah. it's a yeah. natural part of conversation. It, and like, and it's not even just radio. I was watching my, uh, I turned on CNN for five minutes and they were talking about some debate and the two people that were there supposed to be analyzing it. It was just a big screaming over each other yeah. argument. Yeah. And I was like, what this doesn't even like, this is so unwatchable. Yep. That's the thing I was talking about where it's like, they're trying so hard to make their voice the loudest one in the mm -hmm. room mm. Yeah. that just, yep. that ruins shows. I can't listen to that sort of thing. Well, oh, good. Well, I'm glad I brought this up to you guys because, like I said, as long as the listeners are, don't, you know, are not upset about it, I don't care. They can talk over each other all they want. It's just like, it, it's just a carryover from radio because, and it didn't used to be like that in the in the uh, 
olden days, as they say. I but. don't know. I've been uh, editing lost episodes, and those are 10 years old. And yeah. some, sometimes it, it was way worse back then. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's 100 sure. times. We do it a lot less now because back then, I mean, if you think about it, the, for the first year or two, maybe three of the show, it's like the majority of the people on mic had never been on mic before. So we had yeah. no mic technique, we had no pacing technique, and people still really liked the show. Oh, you know, what I was thinking uh, about Mike from Blaine again, I think we met Mike the first year of our family podcast. Is that when he, that's when he started coming in, right? Uh, so he's God, been coming in for like 12 years. Is that, does that make sense? Or probably he did 11, years. maybe 10. The earliest one I can okay. remember is, let's see, right before the uh, state fair. Yeah, okay. I think that makes sense. or right after, you know, around then. So, and that was, when was that 2014 that we did the state fair? It was episode uh, like 500 something. So yeah, yeah 2014. About right. That's probably about right. That's what a guy stood on the microphone going, yeah, I'm having a great time in Wisconsin. I'm growing <laughs> potatoes and I'm growing rutabagas. And remember that guy? <laughs> <laughs> he was wonderful. That's remember the state him. Fair. I actually still have that clip in here somewhere. You do? I have the entire four-minute interview, but I also have a six-second clip here. Uh, but if go. I play it on here, you won't be able to hear it. Why not? Because of the way uh, StreamYard's set up. If I had it over on Zeta to go, uh, I could let you hear it, but I don't know of any way to get it onto there at the moment, unfortunately. Well, you guys but, can hear it, though. That's true. I'll play it right now. We sell sweet go. corn on the road. Someone coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, Pickles. That's pickles. awesome. I can hear that. Oh, you, you could? could? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I played a YouTube video, uh, that one share song, uh, Half Breed. Oh, yeah. I remember yep. you told me to play that, and I played it, and you couldn't hear it. But you could hear iTunes. That's interesting. Hmm. Maybe oh. we updated it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe it's just we're, better we're now. We're getting a feedback from some of the listeners on t the Talking Over each other yeah. discussion. Dale says uh, he agrees with you, Tom, that it's annoying and rude. Well, see, well, it's I yeah. I mean, there's a, there's always a middle ground, right? I mean, you don't want to be yeah. an, an yeah, Altman a, film yep. because no, what Al, what Altman does is he has people talking like they really do talk, you know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But you know, and you know, so you want spontaneity. But you don't want it to be an Altman film, and you don't want it to be too natural. I suppose is the idea. But and, and a lot of times, yeah, and a lot of times it's tough because you, you know, you you're not you're not looking at each other so much, and so you're not getting the nonverbal cues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and does make it hard. That makes mm -hmm. a huge difference. But yeah, I mean, like, no, uh, and again, like I said, pretty much everyone in the chat said that they like the positivity and energy, and that is more important to them than the talking over thing. Uh, okay, Joe good. says that they're good. used to it, and it's no different than... <laughs> <laughs> it's no different than going to a bar where everyone is just talking, and you got to learn to filter it out. Uh, Andy, on the email thing, says that they like it when it means that people are engaged in the conversation. What he doesn't yeah. like is not letting people finish or get a word in. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When they crush the very end of your statement, we that we cannot do. Well, today it has been worse because there is a delay, and I don't really know why. You there are is? definitely delayed today, and I can't really figure it out. I think your internet might need to be restarted. Well, it's always well, been yeah. a it's always been a slight problem. Well, yeah, it's been slight, but like today, there's been times where like we'll say something and he won't respond for like two solid seconds. Yeah, which that's not normal. I wonder what that's all about. I don't know. Or you could just yeah, not be paying attention. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's my fault. That's not <laughs> you guys' your fault. fault. It's all me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, ask me a question and see how long it takes me to answer. Well, I don't think there's a delay. I think it's just there's moments where if I'm saying something or Brittany's saying something or anybody's saying something, and then you'll take a pause because you're not sure if they're done or not. That's possible. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's delayed. You can hear me now, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's fine. It's not a delay. It's just, yeah, my reaction because I, I start talking and somebody talks over me, so I just stop talking mm -hmm. and, and let them do it. So I, I talk very little on this show. Just kidding. Anyway, moving forward, what's what's the latest in the news? Anything good? 
Well, uh, you know, as I've said, I'm I'm very excited about the the quick lane bowl. Yeah, it's going to be quick. It's going to have a lane, you know. You know, I I think it's going to be great for the the Gopher the Gopher football team. This will be great for recruiting, you know, because they can they can say to these kids they're recruiting, hey, and you know, you might get to spend Christmas in Detroit. Now, you oh. know, that's something that uh, Alabama can't offer. Yeah, but at two million dollars, you know, that could almost pay for one tenth of their tuition. So, you know, hey, well, that number's actually inflated the two million because it's not two million just to Minnesota or to the two schools. It's split amongst the entire oh, conference. Wow. So, really, your two right. million, yeah, is going to everybody. So, in the, the winner's going to get like what one point eight or like maybe not even. No, yeah, not even because there's. It's what, evenly split. Like, yeah, so they they give it oh. to the Big Ten, and then the Big Ten distributes that to. Well, so it's Big Ten, so then each gets two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, something like that, because it's yeah. however many split teams. among how many 16, people on a. I think are in sixteen. There's eighteen that are going to be in next year. I don't know. There's like fourteen, sixteen, eighteen. Well, yeah, but the, the coach PJ Flack, he mm-hmm. says he's very excited about this. What he doesn't tell us is who the hell is going to be the quarterback. Because yeah. nobody seems to know who the quarterback's going to be. Because mm. they fired the quarterback from this year, Kelly Manis. They, mm. I mean, this has never been. There's never been anything said or written about this that I know. But obviously, what happened was the coach came up to him and said, "We don't want you anymore. Uh, we're not going to give you a scholarship. Or if we do, we won't like doing it. You're never going to play again. So we suggest you go somewhere else." So then he has to announce that he's in the transfer portal which is sort of a joke because he can't, you know, normally people go on the transfer portal. It means they're looking for a a better team or a better situation. This guy will go from the U of M to maybe, I don't know, McAllister. I'm not sure. Uh, But I don't know where the guy's going because he's he's terrible. So then the coach went out, the team went out, and they recruited this kid from New Hampshire who I think is will be in his fifth year in college, but he's got a year of eligibility. So the kid they recruited from New Hampshire, he'll be the quarterback next year, but he he can't quarterback in the quick lane bowl. And Cali McManus is gone. So it's 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 a mystery. But I, I will say this in in, in defense of Cali McManus, that, you know, he he first of all, he was terrible, but he he did the best he could. But but second, the thing you gotta realize is that wherever he goes, it's probably going to be a worse situation for him because at least if you're the quarterback at Minnesota, you're you're trying to hit a stable, non-moving target. You know, somewhere yeah, else you'd have you'd have receivers who are actually moving, so it'd be more Mike, difficult. Let me, ask, let me ask you a question, Mike. How much longer are we going to put up with this horrendous program over at the University of Minnesota mm-hmm. and the people who are in charge of it? They every team over there sucks. Pretty much, although I, I like the basketball coach. He's from Minnesota. He's recruiting yeah, right. kids from Minnesota. Last night, they had what would be a, a considered to be a very small upset over Nebraska. And um, so I think that I, 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 I want to give them time because eventually maybe they can right. recruit the best players from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The football team is a joke. The basketball team has been even worse. I mean, they mm-hmm. had little Dick Patino was there for eight years, right? And they had one year where they had a winning team in the conference. And every year, like every other year, Sid Hartman would write, well, you know, he, he may be leaving us for Alabama. or He meant, of course, the Alabama, unfortunately, basketball team, which yeah. people in Alabama don't know they have a basketball team. But he'd, 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 <laughs> he'd come up with these phony stories. And then the people in the athletic department would give this guy, this total loser guy, uh, a more lucrative contract. So people who do that shouldn't be around. Mm-hmm. How long's PJ Fleck been around now? Six years, seven years? How long's it been? I, I believe it's seven years. He's it been here that years. long. Wow. He's dreadfully bad. I mean, he is yay rah rah showboat. Oh yeah. But his teams never win. No, but he's the first guy out there. If one of his players suffers the most minor injury, he runs sure. out to the field to see if they're all right. He's he's just he's a, he's a fraud. Yeah, I think he's terrible. He needs and Mark Coyle is a dreadful oh, athletic yeah. mm-hmm. terrible, terrible decisions. Yeah. yeah. No, the uh, best thing know. going for the Gophers athletics is I think their women's basketball team is actually pretty good this year. 
which yeah. they yeah. fired Lindsey Whalen, who recruited all these players. Yeah, so they just needed some time, and then you gave them some time, but got rid of her, and now they're all dominating. Yeah, and women's basketball is definitely on the rise. A lot of it's because of Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, who's from Minnesota, yep. playing yep. for UConn. Uh, you've got the LSU team down there with Angel Reese and all of their yep. standout players. So, yeah, college women's college basketball is definitely strong right now. Caitlin Clark, the, the, her problem is this, is this, like, next year will be her fifth year, and so she can, she can stay at, at Iowa for another year if she wants to. But the, the, the thing with her is it's possible she can make more money playing college basketball than she could in the WNBA. Oh, 100%. Well, it's all about endorsements. Yeah, that, yeah, all the NIL money. But, yeah, but, but yeah, so you can see, I mean, this could be a very lucrative year for her. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. So I have a question for you guys. What are they going to do? And again, don't be going off the deep end, listeners out there. I am not. It's none of my business. But I'm just wondering, how is it fair to women to allow women who used to be men to compete against them? They have a completely different muscle structure. How is that fair? I mean, I don't think that is necessarily fair, but I don't know that there is a clear cut thing or like solution because it's not i don't think there's it's not enough transgender athletes where you can go oh well now we've got a transgender version of the nba or nfl <laughs> yeah, or right. no that's like, not right. possible yeah, that's, we're not doing that and so it, it's like you got to kind of figure out what's the easiest and right now there's just not a ton of transgender athletes that are you know, there's no Michael Jordan of transgender athletes that's dominating right, right. on yeah. a major level. So I think until we get to that point, there's not really much that will change. It's not. It's not a huge problem at the no. moment. Um, but but it could be. But you know, what what teams could do, whether it's high school, college, professional, whatever, you know, they could do a very simple um, hormonal test. Mm-hmm. And you know they'd have they'd, there'd be a huge fight, of course, over what the dividing line would be. But they yeah. could, but they could do something like that. Yeah, and I think you'd have to wait until there's somebody that tries to take advantage of the system where you have like your what was the movie Joanna Man, where it was the guys that pretended to be women so yep. that they could dominate the WNBA. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to find there'd have to be somebody that tried to say like, hey, I'm transgender when they're really not, just because they wanted to try and win a championship. Well, didn't that happen in swimming? Women swimming already for the Olympics? Um, it was. Well, Brittany was saying it wasn't the Olympics. It was a. Oh, it wasn't the Olympics? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was the Olympics. It was like some 
smaller, I think it was collegiate trials, but they ended up winning a championship, and there were questions about how far down the transgender path. Yeah, and that goes back like 50 was. years or so. Yeah. You know, the Russians were mm-hmm. always accused of that. Oh, that's right. You're absolutely right about that. It wasn't, it wasn't that the players were necessarily transgender, but, you know, it, it would have been more like they were, you know, getting these huge hits of testosterone, the women were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and basically, from what I understand, it's pretty much swimming and running when mm. the women don't feel it's fair because they can't possibly compete. Cycling, right. too. Cycling, too? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's becoming a big thing in cycling. Yeah, I mean, I just look, I'm, I, uh, you know, very clear. I've had him on before, now she, but Mr. Siegel, who became Ms. Siegel, I've had him on the show many times. He's been my friend for about 45 years. Mm. And we talked about that. I am certainly not anti-transgender or anybody. I'm just saying, I'm talking, I'm not talking about sexual orientation here. I'm talking about fairness. Yeah, but mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to let him play in the uh, rotisserie baseball league anymore. Yeah, you're out of the mix. No. Mm-mm. You're gone. That's all there is to it. <laughs> no question about it. Now, yeah. what's the young woman's name who appeared in court, as a matter of fact, talking about this? She just did it this week, I think. Hmm. What is her name? God, I can see her face, but I can't remember her name. I think she's, I can't know if she's a runner or a swimmer. I don't, I don't recall, but I just, you know, there's got to be a way to figure this out. I suppose someday there will be enough transgender people. They can just have their own division and compete against themselves. Well, and plus I think as, if, if this becomes a growing problem, they, they can do a test. And I think nobody wants to be the first ones to do mm-hmm. that. Joe from no. Louisville says Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines, that's exactly who there it is. You go. It's Riley Gaines. Yeah, she appeared in court to, to saying that she just can't win anymore because she's competing against transgender athletes and she's nowhere near as strong as they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is her argument, not mine. Mm. I just like to see some sort of fairness that would be good. Well, the cynical take is that there a transgender league wouldn't work because a lot of these people are not transgender. They are simply pretending so that they can take all the glory in women's leagues. Is that true that they're not even transgender? They're just men who pretend to be transgender? That's a debate we're not technically allowed to have in many states. Uh, I, I think we're Minnesota getting into conspiracy theories with that one. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just asking a question here. I don't no. know anything about no, this. No, I, I understand. That's just my suspicion. Yeah, I, was, I haven't heard of any, like, ring of, you know, like there's no ringers going around where there's, you know, a bunch of people pretending to be women or pretending to be men. The real, Realistically, the only solution would be, okay, well, then just get rid of the WNBA and NBA and just make one league where it's everything yeah. is co-ed anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody here. I'm just wondering how they're going to handle this situation because there are several people that are quite upset about it, you know? Mm. So, cause I don't have any opinion. I don't watch, I don't watch the Olympics anymore. I don't watch swimming and I don't watch running. So I don't, I don't have a position. Mm. I just know that Roddy Gaines did appear on a lot of television shows in the last week or two about this very subject. So it's top of mind. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, because in America, we really only care about, you know, baseball, football, basketball, that until, yeah. Yeah. so when it's, you know, high school swimming, you know, unless you're in that community, nobody unfortunately really is going to pay much attention until it gets to, you know, the Olympic level or a championship level. So it's one of those things where kind of people just don't really pay attention and we'll sort it out when it's right in our faces and something we do like. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, back in the day when I was, you know, in my teens was when this whole steroid thing kicked in. I believe uh, I was 18 years old mm-hmm. when a guy approached me and said, hey, you should do this. You you would be an incredible athlete, blah, blah, blah. They also approached a guy named Jesse Ventura, who was going to Roosevelt High School at the time. Yep. Same as uh, I was going to North High School. But steroids changed weightlifting for oh yeah well no question about that (laughs) it's like whoa well and then leaked into baseball as well where they have a whole steroid era Barry bonds who you know his his neck grew about three times its normal size that's when they start (laughs) when they start pressing 200 pounds with their neck then you know there's something going on there mike do you know the world record when i started lifting weights and this is many, many years ago, obviously. I believe the world, world record for the bench press was right around 450, mm-hmm. 450 pounds. You know what it is now, Mike? Uh, I, I have no idea. 1,200. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, he is a human being? 
It's a human being. There are hydraulic but... lifts that can't do that. Yeah, that is exactly. true. You should see the muscles on this guy. Well, that's with a that's, a, that's with a shirt though. Without his, yeah. without the benching gear, the world record is only 780 pounds, which is oh, still an insane amount. Yeah, I mean, but actually, without a sh- without the bench shirt, it hasn't gone up that much. It's gone up, but in 1982, the record was still 700 pounds. So we've gone up 80 pounds in 40 years, as opposed yeah. to with the shirt, it has gone up. Seven hundred pounds in forty years. <laughs> so these shirts remember, might have uh, something to do with it. I think. The, but I, I will say this: I was approached in 1969, 1970 mm-hmm. about doing steroids. So now that changes everything because mm-hmm. now you're talking about things 12, 14, 16 years later, after people have been doing steroids for all that time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The difference between a 1970 bench press and a, and a 2023 bench press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet you the I bet you that gap is huge. Absolutely. And Tom, I'm gonna go out on a limb and just say, assume that you turned down the steroids, correct? <laughs> I did not do the steroids. Not, not, I got this voice from my mother. How? So how <laughs> thankful? How thankful are you looking back? that you didn't take steroids because now all those people that did like their bodies are just destroyed yeah, they and sure they're are. you know dying a lot younger because they put so much stress on yep. their bodies mm-hmm. well the guys i started lifting weights with back in my my late teen years i think there are three of us still alive the rest oh, of them are man. all dead Jeez. all of them once your testicles go you would think that would be a danger sign <laughs> you would think exactly. well the other a thing about problem. so like the current world record holder uh without gear um, is a guy named Julius Maddox, and he's been the world record holder for a few years now. Mm-hmm. But looking at him, his arms barely go past his waist. And that is one of oh, the main things yeah, that makes you huge. a good um, bench press yep. uh, guy really? yeah. is having really short arms. It's all because, about leverage. Exactly. So it's like... I almost feel like you should like divide by arm length or something like that in order to get the true number. Yeah. Are you bringing this up because of your monkey father? <laughs> I have pretty long arms as well, but I mean, I, Honestly, would, I would never, I don't think I could ever bench press 200 pounds if I tried. So I'm not exactly like, oh, this is unfair. I could do this. I have, I, have, I have the same leg length of, you know, guys who are like 5'10", 5'11". Oh, you got mm-hmm. a long legs. Long legs, and obviously that means very short chest. Yes, I'm all limb. Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way: my my pants length is 30 inches, my shirt length is 37 inches. So there's quite a difference <laughs> between my monkey arms and my monkey mm-hmm. legs. Yeah. That's a big difference, man. I'm basically 30 30. You're 30, 30? Yeah, yeah, 30 is pretty long for your height. That's, yeah, it is, that's yeah. long legs. Yeah, it would be for your height. You should become a sprinter. Right. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's as has been suggested, but mostly by people who broke into my house. So I don't know if you can take that sure. seriously. No, it's like, you know, and, and Max, my middle son, he's, he's, you know, he's basically just mostly legs. And that's yep. why, that's one reason why the, why the track coach called me into his office one day as I was going down the hall of the school. And he said, yeah, what's going on with your kid? I said, what do you mean? He said, he's, I can make him a star. You know, he's, oh. he'd be perfect. 440. He could be the, he could be the, the, the main guy in the 440. I watch him. I see him outside. He runs like a deer. Instead, he's playing tennis. He'll never be any good at tennis. <laughs> was he good at tennis he was pretty good yeah well oh, i mean you good. know Quite he was good, good at, at st louis park he was the captain of the team the number one guy but that doesn't mean he was going to beat anybody from edina or minnetonka you know because he didn't start playing yeah. tennis till he was 12 you can't be really great at tennis if you start at 12 yeah you're probably right about that but the Mike, coach uh-huh. i just want to add one more thing and that is that what i said to the coach was well, have you considered the fact that he likes to play tennis? Yeah. Well, there you go. But, you know, the coaches don't look at it that way. No. No, they do not. You're absolutely right about that. I, I just – what – did they ever do anything looking back? Because I do remember the accusations of cheating by the Russians for about three decades. Yeah. Did they ever do anything about it? I mean, they. that's the thing. It's like you can say, oh, yeah, we're going to take away your medal – but all that's saying is next year, hide it better. 
<laughs> that's yeah. pretty much. And I think it's. True. I think that's still true of most sports, to be honest, and especially things like lifting. It's like I don't think any pro athlete is one hundred percent natural. Well, that's yeah. you know what that's the nature of of crime itself, sociopathy. You know mm-hmm. the lessons people learn, mm-hmm. whether they're in prison or whether they're living in a huge mansion, is. You know, if you did something wrong and, and you wind up in prison or you wind up losing your money, it's because you didn't hide it well. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't back then, but in 2019, Tom, the Russian Olympic team, it was banned from competing for mm-hmm. anti-doping mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, they are mm-hmm. at least trying to crack down a little bit. So, good. Do you think the R- Russia will listen or will they just wow. try to find a different way to hide it? No, it's one of those things, especially in sports. Anytime anybody gets caught, they always go, well, everybody does it. And mm-hmm. so then next time they'll just hide it. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is this is what happens with competition. I mean, the Little League had so many scandals for so many years, you know, like the, the Taiwan team, which uh, which was winning every which was winning the Little League World Series every year. You know, they, they had guys on the team who were shaving three times. I know. Mm-hmm. You see that all the time, too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just became a farce, you know, like, yeah. who are these kids? And now you got a kid, you got a kid who's, who's, you know, six foot two, and he's just turned 12, and he's throwing an 85-mile-an-hour fastball to go, of course, with his curveball and his splitter. Yep. Isn't that amazing how that has changed so much? I mean, honestly, God, basically, when I was a little kid playing, and I only played for one year and I sucked at it, I played uh, second base. But I do remember the jump from playing baseball when I was in, you know, seventh or eighth grade, whatever it was, mm. uh, to now. Those kids, we, there's no way we could compete against those kids now. They've gotten that much bigger, smarter, stronger, yeah. faster. Well, it's because there's so much money in it now. Like, yeah. you know, okay, let's say you're the best little league player in the world in 1960. You know, mm-hmm. what's that going to get you? Like, maybe a, an average salary at some mm-hmm. point? Mm-hmm. Or is now $20, $30 million a year? Well, a good baseball team now, if, if you're pitching for a really good baseball team, you should be able to hit 95. 95, $95 million? No, no, <laughs> well, 95 no. miles an hour. <laughs> I was going to say, Jesus Christ, I didn't know it was that bad. No, Although, these, these high school kids are uh, throwing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. Mike, how? How? Well, well for, one thing is that they don't play any other sports anymore. No, they don't do anything yeah. but play baseball. Yeah, and specifically, they specialize. True. I'm the pitcher. I'm just going to yeah. pitch all right. day, every day because— Here's the top highest salaries in the MLB, 30 million, 58 million. This is per year, by the way. Yeah. 43 million, 40 million. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you make it, then you have made it to like the upper echelon of all of human history. Well, yeah. So it makes sense to put that much effort into it. And even if you're not in the best, like what's the lowest MLB salary? It's got to be about 750, I think. Is it $7.50 an hour? Yeah. $750,000 $750,000 a year, I think, is the starting salary. Yeah, $720,000, and that's that's a lot of money, and that's the lowest mm-hmm. if you make it into the MLB. And these and these kids, by the way, they've got world-class coaches. And they've got world-class supplements, exercise sure. routines. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we got everything down to a science where it's like we know exactly how many of this exercise you need to do, how much protein you need, how much creatine you need. And they're, that they're kind also, of thing didn't exist 70 years they're ago. They're also going to have surgery when they're 19, probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. They'll have it's, the Tommy John surgery. Yep. And some of these kids now, they get preventive Tommy John surgery. Like, they don't even wait for the for the muscle to tear. Yep. They get the, they get the surgery before. Really? Yeah, and they, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Like, no matter how good of an athlete you are, doing that is very bad for your body. Because, like, ligaments and tendons, they don't really get that much stronger. That's yeah. why it's always like, you know, the Achilles or whatever. ACLs. ACL is yeah. a big one. Yeah, that's what fails is because you can't really train that. No, and, and these kids, it's, it's not just the bodies that suffer too. I mean, the mind does take a hit. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. 
do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. You know what's amazing about what you just read there, Andy? I was looking back, and it's less than 100 years ago. You just talked about a guy making $58 million a year playing Major mm-hmm. League Baseball. When I guess it was announced, I believe around 1928, 29, 30, that Babe Ruth was making $100,000 a year. Yeah. People had a fit that he was making that much money. Well, you know, the, the, famous, yep. the famous exchange that supposedly took place over his salary, right? Oh, what's that? Well, um, someone said to him, you know, said, well, you're making $100,000 a year. Um, you know, that's more than the president makes. And Babe Ruth supposedly said, yeah, but I had a better year. That's right. He said, I had a better year. <laughs> Fair point. What year was that, Mike? Was it about 1930? Well, it would have been like around there because the 1927 Yankees were, you know, that's the most famous baseball team, along with the 54 Dodgers. Those yeah. are the two most famous teams of all time in baseball. So Babe Ruth's career earnings, inflation adjusted, $18.7 million. That's all? That's like one-third of the top MLB salaries in a year these days. Well, you can buy a lot of hot dogs with that. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to say $18 million is a small amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you're set for life multiple times over. But it still is. It's like, how are these players worth $50 million per year? Well, just because well, the yeah. TV money that they come in when you yeah. have, you know, yeah. ESPN's like, hey, we're going to pay mm-hmm. you, you know, $200 million to air these games or however much they're going to pay, and you're – the money's got to go somewhere, and the and, and the franchises true. are worth you know maybe four billion, maybe more. Oh, yeah, depends. I mean, the, how yep. many billion would it take to buy the Yankees? Probably like oh, they're probably like God. five billion dollars. Actually, oh, I, I bet it'd be more. More, I would think would so. Be. Yeah, or the Dodgers. You know, uh, those Yankees two are currently worth seven point one billion dollars. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. And it's it's crazy because you'll hear even bad franchises. They'll be like, oh, the owner bought them for you know seven hundred million. Five years ago, and now it's worth 1.2 billion. Like, what's the just right. because of the natural inflation of sports? What's yep. the worst NFL franchise right now? I mean, the Washington Redskins were a complete, or well, football team. Sorry, were a complete dumpster fire. And Jacksonville and, is. Are they the Commanders? Yeah, they're the Commanders now. Let's see, the Commanders team, six billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. For and the almost. worst team in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, they're and now exactly. I mean, you have teams like Arizona because. They're just what they'll do is they'll buy the team, you build a new stadium, and now your mm-hmm. franchise is worth you know an yep. extra. And and you know, you know the you know Major League Baseball is doing fine because they're, uh, they're uh, football really even more so because they're going to expand in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Well, they're talking about putting four teams potentially overseas. Yeah, in London, Germany, right? Well, oh, yeah. in Germany was yeah, that's well, right. They're, they're Mexico doing... City has been mentioned a mm-hmm. lot, but the two the two cities that will definitely get franchises. In, in the NFL, well, one one will be Las Vegas for sure. You know well, they already was, have one. They have they do. One. Oh, yeah, I'm, they got I'm the, sorry. Yeah, the now Raiders. Uh, that I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about the wrong sport there. Because yeah, and I think the MLB is now at, at moving the yes. Oakland A's over to Las Vegas, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, uh, the NBA is the next one that for sure I think will. They'll go back to Seattle, and they will go to Las Vegas. Yeah, you know yeah, what? I should was... go back to Seattle. That's that's weird that the, the Seahawks ever move. I'm mean, not the Seahawks. The uh, Supersonics, uh, Seattle, Supersonics, yeah, that they moved. That that shocked me. Seattle is a is a great market too. I mean, that's a no no brainer. No, Tevin's been challenged. Oh, Trevor and the other Andy say it's the Carolina Panthers that are the worst. Oh yeah, today today <laughs> they're the yeah definitely the worst team. But the last couple of years, as far no, as teams that lost, out. Yeah, yeah, that lost value because they had their owner was you know taking hidden pictures of cheerleaders and making his own personal calendars. Oh, They're good. changing, and they had all these scandals that you would think would bring down the value of the franchise, and they still... Nope. Yeah, he still made money. Those things are, are cyclical. I mean, look at look at the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. I think they've scored something like 13 points, in their a total of 13 in their last three games. Yeah. And this is the team that is the greatest coach in the history of football. Isn't that amazing? You know what I always found strange was how little crossover there is between the MLB and uh, the Japanese Baseball League. 
Because, like, we're willing to go over to Germany and England, where football basically doesn't exist, and try to make it a thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Japan, baseball is huge and has been for decades. Mm -hmm. Well, I yes. think it's because baseball is so huge that they wouldn't necessarily be interested in well, but I don't our... mean I don't, I don't mean putting MLB franchises in Japan. I mean, like, you know, franchise versus franchise kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, they have, um, I forget what the term, it's like the World Baseball Classic or something mm -hmm. like oh, that, yeah. where it's the, you know, Japan versus oh, yeah. U.S. versus the Dominican Republic and everybody. It's like the mm -hmm. Olympics type of thing. Yeah. So they do have things when, like that. When I was a kid, I still, I still remember listening to the game in the radio, the Minneapolis Millers, which were, oh, God, uh, yeah. which were yep. a triple-A team, played Cuba. When and when Castro, I think he, I don't, I can't remember if he managed the Cuban team. Uh, he might have made a, an appearance as a player, but mm -hmm. that was, to me at least, that was like the, the the biggest baseball, the biggest sporting event I'd ever heard of. Yeah, could you imagine being a player on that team and you're like Castro owns the team? If I get fired, I don't know if I'm going to get murdered, <laughs> dragged through the street. Yeah, there's Very an incentive cool. not to win if yeah. you're the Millards. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can see that to be true. Andy, I just got a message from a listener wants to know there was recently, I believe he believes it was a pitcher that was signed to an almost a quarter billion dollar contract. Yeah, played like five games and can never play again. Oh, yeah, yep. we were talking about that. Oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah, there's been a couple. I think uh, Steven Strasburg was one that signed this huge <laughs> deal if I remember correctly, and got hurt and really couldn't play. Right now, it's uh, there's a guy from Japan. Why can't I think of his name? Gelfan. Who's the pitcher for slash hitter for the A's? Oh, I this can't. makes me uh, Are he's... you talking about Yoshinobu Yamamoto? No. Because <laughs> he had a contract, <laughs> apparently $300 million. Yeah. Well, so... some of the Japanese players did pretty well here. Yeah. Like Ichiro. Yep, each of them did, yeah. And some of them not quite so much. I always love listening to Dan Gladden do baseball yeah. games because for because he played in Japan. Shohei Otani, sorry. Oh, Shohei Otani. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's, he's a free Otani. agent. Yep. So yeah. he'll probably get the biggest salary in the history of baseball. Oh, for sure. Well, he has to because right now he's by far the most valuable player of any team of any. You know, he's he's incredible. There hasn't been anyone like him before. You have to go back to Babe Ruth for a guy who could hit home runs. Prolifically yeah. and pitch as well as or better than anyone else. That is amazing that he does pitch. That because Babe Ruth did too, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like a modern day Babe Ruth. And he absolutely is. Is it more impressive to do it today in like kind of the steroidish era, or back when Babe Ruth did it when he's drinking beers between <laughs> innings and hungover, <laughs> smoking cigarettes, <laughs> working he, a day job? He like had a year where he could barely could barely walk mostly it was because of all the hot dogs and beer he was consuming and there prob was probably that. there was a little syphilis thrown in there too what Never. I, i'm just i'm speculating you know you know what's so funny about that is when i moved to new york in 19 i guess it must have been about 70 uh, 79 somewhere in there and i was invited i, I used to go to the yankee the, it's the old stadium the old yankee stadium mm -hmm. Uh, which was beautiful, by the way, magnificent, fantastic. Oh, well, yeah, the Q listeners, KQ listeners, we uh, we took them there. I think it was 1988. I think when we went there, can't remember, but it was right after. Yeah, so it had to be 88 because after the World Series. But um, I was invited to go into the clubhouse of the New York Yankees, mm -hmm. and I'm walking around and I'm just kind of standing there in, in front of one of the lockers and all the rest of it, and I looked down, and there were foot markers you know painted footprints mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i was apparently standing at babe Ruth's locker <laughs> and it honest to god it made my heart skip a beat it's like oh my god oh yeah i mean i, I mean it was overwhelming like, jesus i remember the first time i guess you know when i was covering baseball that i went into yankee stadium and i just looked around and kind of got the chills but but what i remember most the like, first year covering baseball is Carl, it was Carl Yastrzemski's last year. You know, he mm -hmm. played his whole career with, with, of course, with the Boston Red Sox. He had yes. played for the Minneapolis Millers before that. Loved him. And um, so I thought, you know, I, I, after the game, I went into the locker room, and I, I expected to see him, you know, sitting on like a throne or something, right? <laughs> he, he, was, he was sitting at a converted, like, like eighth grader's desk, right, at, at this little desk, 
and he was he put his cigarettes into the ink holder. Oh sure. And and he had he still had the you know the 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 black marker under his eyes, you know, because that all players did that in those days, supposedly mm-hmm. to reduce the glare. And I mean, if you had, if if I'd walked in and seen this guy and you had said, oh, you know, there there's Jim, he's you know he's our accountant, I would have said, oh yeah, that's fine. I mean, today. Guys don't look like that so much anymore. No, 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 not at all. Could they even compete anymore, Mike? It'd be tough. It'd be it'd be very tough. It would be almost impossible. You know, the only the only really horribly arrogant baseball player I I ever really ran into was probably Reggie Jackson. Oh God, yes. I mean, he was it was just sort of disgusting. I mean, he was so arrogant, and he really thought. He, he thought that he was not only the greatest player ever, but I think he believed he was the greatest intellectual who ever played baseball. Yeah, it's true. And that's where you kind of draw the line with most baseball players. Were you with me the day that I was teasing him? That he was with the A's, I believe, at the time. Mm-hmm. I was out at the old Met, and I was kind of razzing him a little bit, and he was doing some, you know, stretches and all the rest of it, and he bent over to do his back stretch and gave me the finger between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that says something because he wouldn't respond to most people. No, he, he gave me the finger. But, you, no but you did it well. <laughs> I've never seen anyone rattle baseball players the way you did. Oh, God. I mean, a part Jackson. of it was, of course, your voice, you know. Yeah, that's Because they were going to yeah. pick that up yeah. no matter where they were in the stadium. But God, we, I remember the first time I referred to, to Papa Jack, Ron Jackson, as Papa Up. Yeah. Oh, my God, did he get pissed at me. Papa. But no, it's, from what I saw, from what I personally witnessed, nobody hated you more than Joe Rudy. Oh, Joe Rudy hated, really <laughs> hated me. No doubt about that. And, of course, you're sitting kind of down close to third base, right? Yeah, And absolutely. Rudy was, was playing right. left field. Yep. So you were able to connect with him pretty easily. And then a guy at one of the games, because remember they used to have the the fence, the chain link fence, like the old ones out at the old Met. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't have that now because it looked too cheap. But they had it out there, and a kid was drinking beer, and he kept sticking the cups in the little, oh, sure. you know, little diamond shaped things. Mm-hmm. And by the time we got to about the fifth inning, it spelled out Rudy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't didn't Gene Mock give you the finger too? Oh, yes, he did, too. He did it like this, though. He's coming back in the dugout, and he didn't look at me. He just went, I had to stretch my forehead. You know, I, so I covered Mock, and he, he really, I mean, he was a guy who took things very personally. He was a, he was a great manager. Oh, yeah. A great manager who, you yep. know, never won. And um, and I think it's amazing to me that year after year, you know, he would, because he would accept jobs with, Teams like the Twins, you know, he's working for for Griffith. He's never going to win a pennant yep. there, but he he sure did try hard. And he, the sadness I saw in his face, and the uh, I guess I could also say the shattered bourbon bottle on the wall, uh, <laughs> will will always stick with me after after the deadly series in Boston. It was you know you pro- I'm sure you remember this Tom. It was it was late in the season. Was it 78 maybe? And the twins had been had been they'd been contending right up until like the final two weeks or so, and then they got blown mm-hmm. out in Boston. And, I remember. And that was it. And so we were moving on from Boston to I can't remember where we we're probably going probably going to New York or someplace after that. But it was over. It was over. They would lost any 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 chance to win the pennant. And I uh, walked into the locker room. First of all, they wouldn't let us in the locker room for like 10 minutes, which was unusual. Ooh, Normally, you just came yeah. in there. And the first thing I saw was that the, uh, the little deli table that was, that was kind of near the front of, of the locker room had been overturned. And there was a clump of tuna fish weeping <laughs> mayonnaise on the ceiling. Hmm. And then I and then and then I, I walked into Mock's, you know, the visitor managing's office, and I I never said anything to Mock when I walked into his office, because he would he would say what he wanted to say, so I just walked in there, and there was total silence. I I just stayed there, you know. I captured the scene, and then Keel um, Keel the, uh, the 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 uh, was he the third base coach? I think it I was. I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Keel came in. Keel sort of acted as as Mock's footman, 
and uh, he said, and he said, um, uh, do you want to? Uh, do you want? Are you are you are you taking the team bus to the airport? And he mocked, paused, thought about it, and he said, no. He said, I, I can't do it. I I can't hear the sounds of joy tonight. Oh, <laughs> I like it. That was I the like most poetic it. thing any manager ever said to me. <laughs> yes. He wasn't saying one. it to me, but it was the most poetic thing I'd ever heard a manager say. He was a great man. He was, he was a hell of a manager. There's no question about it. And missed it by, when did he leave the team? Was that like 84, maybe something like that? Sounds about right. It's, I'm not sure about that, but it sounds about right. And then he leaves, and three years later, the Twins win the nah. World Series because uh, they have a new owner. Yep. Did, did they win that in like the third season, I believe? Did, did, did Carl Polad buy the team in 85, 86, something like that? Does that make sense? Um, was it, I can't I, remember. That was 40 years ago. Man. Well, that yeah, that sounds ago. about right. You know, I mean, Griffith owned the team yeah. when, when I was covering it in the mid to late 70s. 84. Yep. Yeah, that sounds it was 84. 84, yeah. Okay. Yeah, things so changed three then. years later. You would never have thought if someone had said, you know, the Polad family is taking over, and they'll be so generous. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Polad was never known for his generosity. Well, they, well, they still it. aren't because they're having a bitch of a time getting players right now. They've lost some really good players, and they haven't replaced them yet. I don't know what's going to happen. That team's not going to yeah. be anywhere near as good next year. Well, and you've got pretty good that. pitchers, you know, who are leaving to, for $30 million a year salaries. Sonny Gray. And He's already left yeah, the team, Sonny, right? Yeah, didn't he get a $30 million contract? I believe so, yeah. And and for the Twins, of course, they pissed away all that money, unfortunately, on Buxton. But and What do you think? Okay, we only got one minute left, so what do you think about the Buxton situation? I I have to say I admire Brian Buxton. Because mm-hmm. he, he plays so hard. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he, he very hard. He goes at it 100%, and that's one of the reasons he gets hurt all the time. Right. What do you think about him coming back? Uh, what I think is that he clearly has a uh, an arthritic problem, which will always yeah. haunt him. So, yep. yeah, he had surgery. The surgery was a success. But his body just breaks down. So, you know, yep. I th- I just don't see it happening. I don't see him being a key part of the team. Yeah, it's too bad because I really didn't want. Oh. I, I love man. He used to run full head of steam into the wall to try to catch a baseball. Yeah. And it yeah. was and there, it was generally accepted by you know the baseball people, the 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 you know, certainly the, the the general managers and obviously by the journalists who don't really count for anything. But still, it was generally accepted that he probably was going to be the greatest player in baseball. Yeah, it was. I I thought so. Yeah, but and he probably would have been had he not didn't get. Getting hurt, but he played hard and yeah. he got hurt because of it. Five tools. There you go. All right. Well, as the umpire would say, you're out. Huh? huh? What do you think of that for the end Baseball of the show? reference. Baseball reference, man. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow.